you know, most people think that their their debt-based assets are their assets in their portfolio. They aren't. Their debt everything is debt-based these days. We have to get back to real assets, uh, get rid of all counterparty risk. If it's not in your hand and you're not holding it, you don't own it. And you're going to find out really 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 quickly just how much you don't own those assets when everything starts to fall apart. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. It's great to have you back. Don't you just hate it when Zoom disconnects your audio and screws things up and doesn't tell you that beforehand? Well, I guess it's on me, but just a word of warning, my audio isn't great in this one. And it's an important one with Bix Weir, who tells us, if you don't get yourself out of this system right quick, well, you're going to pay a very heavy price. Hey, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. It's fantastic to have you all back, guys. I'm so delighted to have back on the line a longtime friend and a contributor in many ways to SGT Report with great content that we post over at thephaser.com SGT Report and elsewhere. Bix Weir is back and he's going to help us break down some really incredible information. Things are breaking, not just in the economy, but on the worldwide stage and people are waking up in droves. The Great Awakening is real. Bix, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Sean. Yeah, it's uh, all our work is paying off and uh, hopefully soon we can rid ourselves of these guys, but it ain't going to be easy. It's just going to get uglier from here. Just hang in there and do the best you can with what you got. Well, what I love, and maybe the hashtag I should include in this video's title is resist. Join the great resist. You know, Kim.com just tweeted that. And I mentioned it in my interview with Corey Diggs. And Corey has some shocking information about the nature of these international organizations, 76 of which have given themselves immunity or been given by the U.S. government over time immunity. Immunity, Bix, they can do whatever they want and they don't have to pay property taxes. They don't have to pay income taxes. They can spend all their time and resources trying to enslave us. But people are waking up. I'm going to play a clip regarding that in just one second. But Fix the Great Awakening is real, and people are starting to resist this new world order, this old world order all over the world. I, I agree, and you can see it in, in everything that's being done. They used to do all this stuff. One thing I, I, I try to tell everybody is nothing is new. It's not like these are new things that are going on, but we're able to see it now is the big difference. I mean, this stuff has been going on for centuries, but we're able to see it now with the the amount of information that's available to us. Imagine, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, before the internet was really kicking in, we didn't have any of this information, none of it. And that's just the last 25 years. Go back hundreds of years, even thousands of years. And the amount of information we have now vastly is superior to what we've had since the beginning of time. The people now have access to information. Now you got to sort through the bullshit. That's fine. But we at least have access to most of the information we're going to need to break free. Yeah, I'm amazed at how much great information is getting out there. And uh, let me just play this. I really love these guys for doing this to this witch. Hillary Clinton at the Institute of Global Politics, just shilling more talking points from the New World Order. Remember, of course, this witch praised George Soros and was very chummy in the 2016 election, right? She was being supported by Lynn de Rothschild, right? An actual Rothschild emailing Hillary, telling her to keep up the great work as she tries to ensnare we the people in their new world order. Listen to this. Evidently, this is Robert Castle confronting the warmongering queen herself. 
can help Honestly, be, be struck um, by the hypocrisy sorry, of this. Two more people I, I to hear from. I'm sorry. You, you have a the, chance. Well, the, I'm not sorry. The, the hip, sit down. I, I know you're not sorry. People, That's the point. The hypocrisy of this talk. speech. The I'm hypocrisy of the fact that Frank what, what do you have? Can you please? Frank Gisha is can you a leading make a statement about President Joe Biden's speech. This is a clear warmongering speech. President Joe Biden is calling for a hundred billion dollars of funding for Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine. And we're supposed to just bundle these together and pretend like we're going to rush to World War III and we're all just going to let Hillary Rodham Clinton sit here. And, okay. I'm yes. sorry. You know, yes. this is not, what, what, this is not no, the way no, to have no. a conversation. I'm sorry. If you want to have a conversation, you're no. welcome to come you, talk to you me can, afterwards. You can sit here. Okay, right. You're yeah, gonna you're gonna yeah. you're gonna wait for me, right? I, I please I don't I do not believe you. And I will you. listen to you and I, do, I will respond I to you. I do not believe you. But, Respectfully, I do not believe you. And the fact just, of the matter is that the just, American people's voice are what need to be heard. Yeah, because, they are being because heard. our president is not speaking for the American people, and well, neither are that's you. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yes, that's my but, opinion. Pixie, you know what I notice about that clip? There's nobody in the audience heckling him. Typically, these audiences are filled with sycophants and they start heckling the guy asking the real questions. Not in this case. I think people are getting really, really fed up as Joe Biden wants $100 billion to send to Ukraine and Israel and to continue marching right toward World War III, Bix. Yeah, it, it is amazing how so many people know the Internet has brought it to people's attention and to know that's their biggest fear is that the people know if, if light is shown upon all the issues and problems we are have we've had to deal with for the last couple hundred years the the kind of information that they that they hold and that they tell us is real and what is fake the more we break down those walls and barriers the more they're going to be more and more inclined to either take us out or run away and right now, they want to take us out with World War III. I am on the side of, hey, I'm not on any side. I'm on the side of the people. Bring all our troops home, stick them on our borders, and and let the chips fall where they may. Because now is the time we got to take care of ourselves. And it's not time to pick sides anymore. It's time to get home. And I, I do think that the deep state's going to drag us into this war. And it could be the end of the United States, maybe, or at least a big wake up call that this is how close we are to the brink of extinction. If we let these people continue to run our lives. Guys, stay tuned. We're going to get into the weeds here regarding BlackRock's Bitcoin spot ETF and precious metals. We've had a breakout, a reemergence in the strength of gold, which Peter Schiff loves as he still continues to malign Bitcoin every chance he gets. But before we get to those topics, I want to play this brief clip from Alex Jones with Vivek Ramaswamy. And I think it's really important. This entire interview is really, really important. And uh, Ramaswamy in this clip calls the new world order, the old world order. And he's right. Decrepit creatures like Hillary Clinton, George Soros, the Rockefellers. That's the old world order. And human beings around the world are waking up and getting mighty, mighty sick of it because it's all anti-human. When they censor you and deplatform you, they can then steal your identity and misrepresent what you've said and done and then build a straw man and transferring the power themselves. That's the new world order. That's global. It's actually the old world order. It is. You're right. It's really just the old world order in new world clothing. It's the old world order in new world clothing. And uh, I got to tell you, that clip resonates with me because I've been censored. I've been kicked off of YouTube. I've been kicked off of Patreon. I've been kicked off of Vimeo, et cetera, et cetera. 
So they can, you know, when they kick you off, Bix, then imposters come on and pretend to be you. They steal your username, your channel name, and nobody knows it's not you. Then they can misrepresent what you say. And I know that's happened to many truthers in the space. Have you experienced that at all yourself? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been dancing on the, the edge of two strikes for many, many times over the well, six, seven years that I've been doing this on YouTube. And then 25 years I've been doing the Road to Ruta stuff. Um, and it does, it changes my language all the time. I, there are certain things I cannot talk about, and they're usually the most important things. But if I want to keep my platform to get the maximum exposure, yeah, I got to I gotta dance the dance for YouTube. I also have a private road that I talk about everything on, which is, it, it's a great uh, kind of like vent for me to get out all the stuff I want to talk about. But yeah, on YouTube, it's, I pretty much stick to gold, silver, and cryptos and analyzing the manipulation of those and where that's headed. Everything else I got to talk about in private. I want to get an update from you about precious metals. Let me do another screen share here. Sometimes I go to AppMax just because they have pretty good charts. Uh, but what you guys are seeing here is the bottom in gold on October 5th. It's bounced back to nearly $2,000 an ounce since. Bix, do you want to talk about precious metals first or do you want to talk about Bitcoin? Uh, let's let's do precious metals. I mean, obviously they they inter, they intertwine a lot, but um, especially pricing. Now, this has been a, a pet peeve of mine for over twenty years. Is that we have never ever ever seen a fairly traded price of gold or silver in our lifetimes. It is always one hundred percent of the time rigged, rigged with computer programs and derivatives. Derivatives. I've shown who invented the first programs who implemented it, where it's being done, who's doing it, why they're doing it. Gold and silver prices have nothing to do with the reality of a freely traded gold and silver market. The prices are determined on the COMEX, which is a futures and options trade for silver. And also, I mean, the LBMA is not an exchange. It's an association, so you can't even trust those numbers. But the uh, Shanghai Gold Exchange is good. It's better than the COMEX because they actually give deliveries of gold but the comics is where 99% of the people take price from. And that's, that is a literal, it is a, it is a price that it is determined from trading derivatives back and forth with each other. This is banks trading back and forth with each other. Very few outside sources come in there and try to take them on. So they can set the price. Like they set the price of oil to minus $40. And that was a click of a mouse to do that. That just tell you how much power these guys have with the computers and derivatives that they wield. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, it seems like guys like you and me, and I'm sure very well-heeled uh, investors must have made millions of dollars when they set oil to negative, negative well, 40 they, bucks. I remember that. How did people oh, yeah. not get rich just taking the long on that trade? Well, here's the problem. They wouldn't let you do it. Only they, only the insiders could take that trade. And the idea was to destroy any longs they possibly could before they let it run. And that's, I mean, that was an insane time. And with, but, but what it did, it showed the world just how artificial the prices are quoted. It's not the price of oil that you see quoted every day. It's not the price of gold. It's not the price of silver. It's a derivative manipulation game to keep you out of the markets. And they do a good job of it. Well, let's talk about precious metals just a bit further. You know, silver at 23 bucks an ounce. We know that's a joke. You just said it correctly here a minute ago. 
Silver and gold have not traded freely in how long? How many years? Well, for silver, it's been 170 years since the opium wars. That's when England um, wanted to get all the silver back that they were paying for all the spices and silks. So they got the Chinese people addicted to opium and they were able to bring all the opium and more back, all the silver and more back to uh, England through the opium trade. And that's what they went to war. China went to war with uh, with England back then because it was all because of silver. Who's got the silver and how do they rig it? And then all throughout the last 170 years, we've had different tools and um, various things that they can use to set the price of silver. There was the London fix, the London gold exchange. There's been the computers and derivatives kicked in in the 70s and then by Alan Greenspan, who was like one of the first computer programmers in, in finance. He's the guy who fucked up the, the two digits instead of four. Y2K. That was his screw up. He invented the banking computer programs that only had two digits instead of four. They didn't know it would go so long. And then he implemented computer trading programs into the Fed, into the Treasury in the early 1970s. Those could control all prices since then. It is a, a con. We are living in the middle of a – it's a play. It's a show, the whole thing, on every level, not only markets, but your government and schools and politics, you name it. It is a, a joke on you, the people thinking this is organic. Yeah, it's so far from organic, but we know that we've got the data. And in fact, I've had guests on who tell us that if you take out the Wall Street trade, the morning open when they kneecap the precious metals almost every single day, if you take that out, we're looking at over $300 an ounce silver today. If you just take out the Wall Street manipulation, so it trades freely on overseas markets, but then on Wall Street, they kneecap it through derivatives, I, through the comics, yeah, through paper. I don't believe that because the overseas markets are based off the comics. Those are for silver. There is no other physical silver exchange on the planet. The LBMA is not an exchange. Like people keep saying, well, what about the LBMA? They're transferring, you know, 300 billion ounces every year of physical silver. It's not true. It's a lie. And they don't even call it an exchange. You can't go in there and buy silver and take it. Only the bankers are allowed to go in there. So there, so much of it is a lie. And, and don't think that, you know, China the Chinese markets are better. They're not. They're the same. Same with Europe markets. Everything is comp controlled with computers and derivatives. And it's so easy for them to do because you can sell unlimited amounts of silver derivatives on top of silver. And if you're like the exchange stabilization fund, there are no limits on the amount of silver derivatives you can throw at anything. And that's what they do. It's, it is 100% in control. The U.S. runs the game for the most part and can pull the plug at any moment. And that's what I think is about to happen. The U.S. is going to pull the plug on global derivative trading, which would absolutely destroy every bank in its wake. It's going to get really crazy and ugly, um, but it's something we need to go through. We need to pass through this time of unlimited debt. You know, most people think that their their debt based assets are their assets in their portfolio. They aren't. Their debt. Everything is debt based these days. We have to get back to real assets. Real. Uh, get rid of all counterparty risk. If it's not in your hand and you're not holding it, you don't own it. And you're going to find out really, really, really quickly just how much you don't own those assets when everything starts to fall apart. Hmm. Well, we're going to talk about what you see on this chart here before you guys uh, in a minute. The black line, of course, is Bitcoin, and it's up some 30 percent just in the last few days, fueled mostly by the BlackRock ETF filing. We're going to talk about the DTCC 
because uh, the BlackRock filing did appear there and it has since vanished. And Bix and I, of course, talked about the DTCC many times in the past. But before we get there, let's talk about a couple of slides you sent me. 2023 American Eagles. This has been a pet project of mine, trying to get the U.S. Mint to abide by the law and, and make Silver Eagles enough to meet demand that's the law it says it right in the in the actual law they're not even supposed to mark it up either and they're marking it up they made 80 million dollars last year on their on their gold and silver eagle sales Hmm. that's illegal under the law as well they're supposed to sell them at cost but it was uh so when biden put his person in to head the mint a woman named ventress gibson who had no experience at all with any mint anywhere on the planet they pretty much told their sales staff to stop selling silver eagles, which is completely against the law. And the head of silver eagles sales at the U.S. Mint told me this himself. His name's Jack Sherman. Great guy. He's like 70 years old. He hasn't retired because there's no one really who could do his job. He's got all the connections. But they told him, we don't want you to sell any more silver eagles. That's completely against the law. He said, I can't do that. I have customers. We can't do that. And they said, okay, sell as few as possible. This is the the literally this is the Biden administration telling the head of Silver Eagle sales to sell as few Silver Eagles as possible. And you can see at the beginning of the year, they did in February, March and April. They only they only sold 900,000 Silver Eagles each one of those months. They should be selling the capacity is four, five, six million a month. So I just went nuts, screaming, yelling. Over, I'm calling up the mint. I'm calling up their customer service. Like, I need to speak with someone. I need to speak with someone now. This is completely illegal what you're doing. I just went off. And then I got a call back from uh, Jack Sermon, the head of Silver Eagle Sales. He's been there forever. Great guy. He is a patriot. But he literally said, my hands are tied. I have to do what my bosses say. And and I exposed that. I put the uh, the discussion on my website, roadtoroad.com, three-part discussion, and all of a sudden, after I talked to him, which was like the beginning of June, end of May, they started making coins again. So, yeah, it's it's a big deal that the U.S. Mint, which used to be the most popular silver coin in the world, and now is the second most popular because of what the Biden administration uh, is telling the Mint to do. As we look at the uh, U.S. debt clock, it's apropos that we're having this conversation as it sits at $33,666 trillion. The devil's number. He must love that. And uh, meanwhile, the Biden administration, that crime riddled joke that it is, is telling Jack Sermon, the head of Silver Eagle Sales at the U.S. Mint, to stop producing the real money that they're obligationally required to do under the U.S. Constitution. Stop selling U.S. Silver Eagles, but we'll just print more money, this time for Israel and Ukraine. It just never ends. And people are sick and tired of it. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of TikToks and a lot of social media videos from young people, Bix, who say, if you think I'm going to go and serve in one of your criminal wars, you're nuts. You can try to draft me. I'm not showing up and I'm not fighting in your sick, bloodthirsty, evil wars. Dude, people have had enough. Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting. You know, what's more devastating, bombs or uh, cyber attacks? I think the next war, if the U.S. is involved, we're, we're talking, we could shut down. We can, with a click of a mouse shut down all currency trading, shut down the internet in Russia or China or wherever we want. That's how much power these computers have. And if you have access to it and you can, you don't even need to fire an EMP off, which would be devastating. You could lock up people's internet, 
if, if you're the U.S. government, the power they have at the NSA to mess with computer systems, the next war is going to be fought as a cyber war. What are we seeing in this chart? Is this a chart we should talk about as well, Bix? Absolutely. This is a, this is my analysis, my own spreadsheet of how many eagles are made every year. And the, and the U.S. Mint publishes this. So I, it came from the U.S. Mint. As you can tell, during 2014, 13, 14, and 15, 16, we were, we were doing a lot of silver eagle sales, 44, 42 million. In 2015, we did 47 million uh, silver eagles sold that that um, the calendar year. And then all of a sudden, it started diving and diving, and then COVID hit, and then it jumped up. And that was a guy named David Ryder. David Ryder worked for the, the Mint back in the 90s. He went to Honeywell to create a way to track individual silver and gold coins came back to the U.S. Mint, redesigned the gold and silver eagles, and then Biden kicked him out. But when he came back, you can see it, it jumped from 22 million or from 30, 14 to 30 to 28. That was all David Ryder. He knows what's coming. And what's coming is an end of fiat money through the derivative collapse and a beginning of something new. And we already have on the books that gold and silver are the money of the United States. So we can just go, go back to gold and silver. Other countries, you have to figure out what you're going to do. Well, as we talk about this, and uh, I know I beat this horse to death, but I really want your opinion on where you think silver should be today in the real world, given that chart we just saw $34 trillion in debt, and that's just U.S. debt. We're talking, what, $900 trillion in derivatives? I mean, the whole world is built on debt. And when we think of silver, which has been kneecapped in the 20s forever in perpetuity, it's the paradigm of real money and tangible wealth versus fiat debt. They do not want anybody transferring their fiat debt paper into real tangible wealth. And that's why they kneecap the price. Because if the price starts to go north, you know what happens. Human psychology, people chase it. If silver suddenly went to 75, 100, 150, people would be buying silver and it would send it far, far higher. That's why they do this, Bix. If they were forced to stop doing this, this manipulation, what do you think silver would be priced at today, given the nearly quadrillion dollars of debt that are out there? Well, it's, it's a great exercise, a mental exercise to go and try to figure out what, what the true fair market value of silver is. I like to use uh, how much we have of each. And I, I base it on gold. I don't base it on what the comics does or price in U.S. dollars. But I do base it off. Historically, people base the, the value of silver based off gold. And historically, it's between 10 to 20 to 1. Now, since we've been destroying as much silver as we pull out of the ground almost every single year in industrial uses over the past hundred years, that ratio has changed drastically. Right now, above ground, they're saying if we if we melted down every ounce of silver you could find and every ounce of gold you can find, it's about six billion ounces of each. That's a one to one ratio, and right now it's eighty five to one. And mm. and just if you don't even have to go there, you can say, okay, what's silver coming out of the ground? compared to gold, and that's a seven to one ratio. But remember, 60% of everything that comes out of the ground gets eaten up in industrial uses. So broken up into little tiny bits in the solar panel. So it's really a three to one ratio is where it should be. So I, I have no idea what the price of gold, uh, price of silver should be in US dollars on these criminal markets, but I do have an idea of what the price of silver should be as it relates to gold, and that's about three to one. But we know gold is suppressed as well, right? Kiyosaki just tweeted the other day, gold will hit 30, what do you say, 3,400, 3,600 sometime in the very near future. 
we know gold is suppressed as well. So even a $2,000 gold price is ridiculous. But at three to one, is that what you just said? Three to one? That would put silver at what? 650 bucks an ounce today. Yep. Hmm. And what do you think gold should really be at? And I know you think there's a lot more gold out there than they admit to, but even gold is manipulated, highly manipulated. I mean, unlike Bitcoin, and we're going to get to that in a second. Yes, absolutely. Gold is manipulated, but there's also a lot more gold than what they're telling you. You read the Sterling and Peggy Seagraves book called Gold Warriors. There's 300,000 tons there. They tell you it's only around 200,000 tons that's ever been mined. And my work on uh, gold at Chocolate Mountain in California that Diane Feinstein locked up in a military base or the gold in the Grand Canyon that nobody's allowed to even talk about anymore, much less go pull it out. There's a lot of gold. I have found very few silver stashes, even conspiracies of silver stashes. The biggest silver stash I found was 3 billion ounces that they used to make uh, enriched uranium during the um, World War II. They were making the atomic bomb. They brought 3 billion ounces from the U.S. Treasury that was supposed to be backing the silver certificates. They melted it down and made these uh, magnets called calutrons that were needed to make the um, the enriched uranium for the first atomic bomb. They said they gave it back right away, and then they admitted it in the 60s. But actually, those didn't shut down until the 1990s when you could see they announced the shutdown. And then you saw all this physical silver being exported from the United States that didn't come from a mine. So I, I think all that silver is gone. There's no secret silver stashes. There's tons of secret gold stashes. But again, there's a hell of a lot more monetary instruments than there is gold in the world. So gold should be $80,000, $90,000 an ounce today because they're making so much of this fake money, the unbacked fiat blips and derivatives of the blips. So I yeah, what does that put silver at? Who knows? Right. 50 grand, 60 grand, 80 grand an ounce. And it, it's trading for a, less than a half of its all-time high from 1980. That's just insane. It's a time machine, right? They've manipulated this thing so much that buying silver today at 23, it's like entering a time machine and going back in time because you ought to only be able to buy silver at 23 bucks an ounce, I don't know, prior to 1980. So it's a time machine. They've created an opportunity for people to still shield themselves from the storm that's coming by getting silver at such an extraordinary discount to its actual tangible value that experts have a hard time estimating how big a discount this is. But it is. It is a manipulated discount at 23. And that's what keeps the masses away from it, Bix. So it's kind of working, except for it's not working when so many of us know the truth. The, the most amazing thing to me is that there's a lot of smart people in finance. Right. They don't teach you about gold and silver ever. But there's a lot of smart people. I am just shocked and stunned that somebody hasn't taken, you know, 25 to 50 billion is, is the guess of how many, you know, thousand ounce bars that are out there in all the ETFs and, and all that. I mean, $50 billion is pretty easy to get if you're like Warren Buffett or Elon Musk, for example, who uses massive amounts of silver. That would buy up every ounce of silver available on the planet, $50 billion. That's all. That's just insane to think about that. And you, you might think, oh, well, when you start buying, the price goes up, but it doesn't. Because they rig the price down with derivatives, you can go in there with $50 billion, buy up the, the 2 billion ounces of silver that you could possibly get your hands on, and then it'd be game over. Okay, so what you guys are seeing on the chart here is Bitcoin. And uh, this chart is actually not updated 
it isn't at 31,600. As we're having this conversation, it's closer to 33,800. It's run up some 30% in just the past few days, largely based on what you're about to hear, that it looks like BlackRock's spot Bitcoin ETF, IBTC, that is the ticker for it, IBTC, UBTC, we all BTC, BlackRock's spot ETF for Bitcoin is about to be greenlit by the SEC. And here's what's interesting, Bix. BlackRock's DTCC filing for IBTC appeared on the DTCC website the other day, but now today it's mysteriously vanished. Breaking news, everybody. It was removed. Bitcoin went from 31 to 33 to 35 to 34. It was consolidating right there. Just looking at it right now, 33 and a half immediately. What just happened? Well, BlackRock iShares Bitcoin Trust has been removed from the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation when it was listed yesterday. So you no longer can see IBTC right here on this list, which we were talking about it yesterday. And I'm trying to go to the page, dtcc.com. I cannot see it. And I'm not the only one. Breaking news here, Bitcoin Magazine. Surely someone hacked its server, right? Too many watching, maybe? I don't think this is that big a conspiracy. I think what's happening here is that uh, people were sussing out the fact that this BlackRock Bitcoin spot ETF is just on the cusp of being approved, so much so that BlackRock filed with the DTCC, and now they took it off the page. They just don't want this thing front run too much, Bix. Well, anything related to BlackRock and ETFs BlackRock uses ETFs. They use them as a tool for manipulation. There aren't a lot of ways to short Bitcoin. A BlackRock ETF would be a prime way to, to help suppress the price of Bitcoin or run it up higher because it's artificial. It'll be the shares traded, not the Bitcoin traded. So I am not a fan of any ETFs. I know that BlackRock uses them to control the price of gold and silver, so they're going to use that same mechanism to control the price of Bitcoin. A guy for gold and silver, it's Evie Hambro of the Hambro banking family that runs the gold and silver manipulation at BlackRock. JP Morgan is the custodian of all the silver at the uh, SLV, the iShares ETF for silver. It is insane when people say, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a Bitcoin ETF basically means they're looking forward to more Bitcoin manipulation. Well, let me press back on that and let's just explore that further because it's not just BlackRock that's applied for a Bitcoin spot ETF. It's Vanguard, it's ARK. Of course, GBTC wants to transfer their product into a Bitcoin spot ETF. It looks like that's nearing approval despite SEC's best efforts to prevent it. And the difference between gold and silver ETFs in a Bitcoin ETF is that these vehicles, and it doesn't matter if it's BlackRock, it could be Vanguard, ARK, or anybody else. If they get buying demand, they have to go out and they have to find actual Bitcoin to purchase to back the Bitcoin demand on the ETF. Now with the silver and gold ETFs, they can just play with the paper markets, right? They have so much paper they can use. Doesn't it seem much harder to manipulate Bitcoin when there will only ever be 21 million of them? No, I no, I, I don't think so. I, I think they will have the, you know, the, I'm sure people will demand to see the the wallet of the blockchain that's holding the Bitcoin. 
But what you're doing is you're you're fractionally reserving Bitcoin. You're turning Bitcoin, a standalone asset, into something you can trade on a stock market and short the shit out of it and not have any Bitcoin. It, it I mean, the, the level of manipulation, like for silver, I mean, JP Morgan says we have 500 million ounces of silver in the uh, SLV ETF, but what are they doing with it? You know, how many, how many times have they been rehypothecated? It, it, the silver might still be there. I don't know. I doubt it, but I don't know. But you can, from that base, you can short it. You can go long. You can you can trade the shares. I mean, SLV has massive short positions against it. That's people depositing money in buying shares of SLV, thinking that uh, BlackRock is going to deposit one ounce of silver for every share they buy, and they're not. They're just shorting it, naked shorting on the stock exchange. It's insane. That's why I'm so against anything other than standalone assets. You you are a hundred percent at risk of losing all your Bitcoin investment if you'd invest in a Bitcoin ETF because 10 things have to stay in place for that BTF ETF to be able to pay off for you. What if BlackRock goes under? Then what happens? Oh, it's force majeure. We're going to hear a lot of that coming up. Mm-hmm. No, I I hate ETFs for cryptos. It, they're, they're just a tool of manipulation. That's all they are. And that's why all the big guys are all in favor of it because they know if we get it in our control, we can allow it to be used in the future, which is completely against what Bitcoin is all about, a decentralized peer-to-peer cash system. That That's what it was invented for. And there are so many entities, large entities, perverting that with DeFi, with, with everything under the sun. That's the worst thing that can happen. And we know what happens when that happens. We just went through... You know, they allowed DeFi to run run crazy. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, we're going to put the hammer down on DeFi. That crashed the whole Bitcoin system. How many times do we have to go through it before we say, oh, my God, just give me my standalone asset and I'm going to keep it in my own possession? Right. Well, let's explore this further because you are one of my best buddies out there in the Internet space. And uh, I think you're very smart when it comes to this stuff. And you and I do know and understand Bitcoin and cold storage. Now, when you listen to people like Michael Saylor, who's put his company's treasury, MicroStrategy's treasury, into Bitcoin, and uh, and that has actually saved his company because it was going to go under due to inflation. He literally said, I turned to Bitcoin because I was going to lose my company in the next 10 years because of inflation of the dollar. Larry Fink just called it a flight to quality. Anyway, Michael Saylor, Max Kaiser, and so many others are saying that the Bitcoin ETF will provide the opportunity for billionaires and corporations to buy the asset without having to go through all of the due diligence, the board of directors, the approval, the SEC filings, because you know, you're know you buying an asset with the treasury. I mean, it gets fuzzy. The Bitcoin ETF will allow all of this deep pocketed money to buy the asset at the click of a mouse. Does that not make the price go far, far higher over time? No, because they can sell it too with a click of a mouse. Michael Saylor didn't buy Bitcoin and and give it to BlackRock to hold for him. No, he bought it and he got it in his own possession. He's no dummy. Anybody and they they make the the barriers for big corporations to get into assets such as gold, silver, and and cryptos. They make those barriers so big that they have to the big corporations have to go through the old system because without it, they'll just go right to the source. You'll have you know Apple Computer buying mountains of gold silver and bitcoin they don't want that 
They don't want it and say, oh, that's not that's too risky for you. The real risk is holding the U.S. dollar. And the bigger risk is holding your assets in possession of companies like J.P. Morgan and BlackRock and Vanguard and Schwab. They all have to stay in business for you to ever see any value out of the system. So, no, I am against ETS because I know they are the number one reason for the SEC to allow a Bitcoin ETF was to would be to help control the price of Bitcoin. OK, Bix, I just want to play one last clip for you, and it's from Matthew Cratter over on Twitter. And it regards the U.S. Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network proposing new regulations to curb the use of Bitcoin. You can't make this stuff up, right? The U.S. government is afraid of Bitcoin. Why is that, guys? Why is that? Listen to this. So everything continues to move, lose value against Bitcoin, as you would expect. But what I wanted to focus on in this video is a little bit more on this FinCEN news, the major attack on Bitcoin, which I'll link to in the description notes below if you didn't see yesterday's video. This is a proposal by a an agency under the US Treasury, FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, in which they want to criminalize regular Bitcoin activity. And they're trying to classify even regular Bitcoin transactions as something like mixing or coin laundering. So be sure to watch yesterday's video about that. I wanted to respond to a number of the comments that I thought were quite smart from yesterday's video. Zale 370 said, the notion that Bitcoin, a decentralized currency, can be contained within the borders of any single nation is out of touch. It's as impractical as claiming you'll penalize anyone on earth for using spoken language. It's an endeavor that is fundament that fundamentally misunderstands the global and decentralized essence of the subject. And I think that's true. But what I was arguing in that video, and I'll argue again today, is that there will still be Bitcoin martyrs. The best way to slow down a movement like Bitcoin, and make no mistake about it, Bitcoin is software, it's a network, but it's also fundamentally a social movement. And the best way to slow down a social movement is just to jail a few high profile people, unfortunately, in order to scare everyone else into compliance. They want to criminalize regular Bitcoin activity to help combat terrorist financing. Are you kidding me? We've just come full circle. Joe Biden is funding terrorists with the hundreds of billions of dollars he sends to Ukraine and now Israel because they want war. They want endless war. And by the way, Bix, there's news now coming out that a lot of those weapons that have gone to Ukraine that are unaccounted for are ending up in the hands of Hamas. I mean, come on. You want to combat terrorism by curbing the use of Bitcoin? The number one most used avenue to fund terrorism is the U.S. dollar, Bix. Ab absolutely. And and they've been using this. Oh, it's it's used by drug dealers and money launders, blah, 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 blah. Yes, we all know uh, it was the HSBC laundered $500 billion and got busted. You name it, they do it. The reality is we knew this was coming. Anybody who's been in cryptos knew that the government wouldn't go down without a fight. The banks will not go down without a fight. Wait till they make it a you know 50 years in jail penalty for owning a cryptocurrency or 99% tax on any sales of cryptocurrency. They have a lot up their sleeve that they can do. That's why I'm such an advocate of being able to sit with your assets in your own possession and wait it out because tyranny like that does not last very long, but it lasts at least at the beginning. And no, the, the banks and the, the governments of the world have not, played their last hand as far as destroying, trying to destroy the 
cryptocurrency movement, but they will. And I'm I am of a huge uh, advocate. I'm a huge advocate for cryptos going forward. They're decentralized for all the reasons we love them. But we're going to get have to get from here to there to really enjoy the fruits of uh, cryptos as a as an investment that's going to be long lasting. And I do think it will be. It will be the the way we conduct business in the future. But for getting from here to there, we have to see the collapse of the United States government, the fraud government that is currently there. And that's not going to be pretty. And the banks are going to come after the crypto people. And the government's going to have to come after the crypto people and the gold and silver people. Any avenues other than their full control of your life, they're going to go after. So it doesn't surprise me, but I know they have a lot more up their sleeve. They do, but they are running out of cards to play, don't you think? As we round out the conversation, isn't this what the end of empire looks like? $34 trillion in debt, and you've got young people saying they won't serve in another war. They will not allow themselves to be drafted. They've already thrown in the towel on home ownership. All these young people are 50% of young people are now living back with their parents after college because they can't make ends meet and they know they will never own a home in this current environment. I mean, the American dream has thrown so many Americans under the bus that this looks like the end of empire to me. And by the way, how about that clip? where Hillary Clinton is confronted, that warmonger who cackled, we came, we saw he died after they murdered Gaddafi. People are fed up with the bloodlust. They're fed up with the new world order. And they're fed up with these decrepit old politicians acting like nothing's wrong. And they are the ones with the only answers. I think the beauty is there's no going back now. The cat's out of the bag. We're not even close to you know the center of the storm yet. But the cat's out of the bag and you can't put it back in. There is no smooth landing and everybody goes back to the way it was. We will never return to the way it was ever. So find out what's your best option. How do I survive this? How do I get through this coming collapse of everything so that on the other side, I can rebuild my friends, my family, my life, my community and move forward in a better way, knowing, learning the lessons that we're going to have to learn over the next months and years ahead. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of hard lessons, especially for those who don't know what's going on, but your audience knows what's going on. So does mine. Here's RoadToRuta.com. You know, I do get your updates sent to me via email. Got to tell you, that comes in great for me every day. I'm like, oh, Bix has another video up. I'll click over and watch it. How do people sign up for that? Otherwise, I guess they could go straight over to RoadToRuta.com to find it, huh? Yeah, it's right there at the top of the website. On the left side there, it's free. Just put your name and email address in there and we'll send you updates. Um, I do a lot of stuff on YouTube these days. Most of my stuff is on YouTube. Um, so check that out. And then I, all the, the private stuff that I can't say on YouTube, I put on the private road, which is a paid subscription, $2.99 for a year, less than a dollar a day. And we give you a, a silver Ruta coin for every subscription. So pretty cool to have a little memento of this of this time. Yeah, it is. By the way, I just got a tube of the new 2023 Silver Eagles, and uh, it's my first tube since they redid the coin. You know, the coin was the same pretty much since inception. When did they redo that with the uh, soaring eagle on the back? Okay, so that was uh, David Ryder, that the guy before the current Ventures Gibson. This was 2021, and the reason they did it is the little notch in the corner is to position the coin to go over a Honeywell reader that reads the crystalline structure of the coin so you can identify each individual silver dollar with a specific identifier to that actual coin. 
And then on the back, they changed the uh, the silver eagle from an eagle flying to an eagle bringing branches to the nest. And David Ryder kept saying, we're adding to the nest. We're adding to the nest. So I do think they uh, the U.S. Mint announced that they've expanded their silver eagle program, but they're only selling about half of it. I think they're stockpiling enough uh, silver and gold eagles to transition into a new monetary system with gold and silver eagles as the money or pre-65 coinage money made by the mint which is constitutional money and then they'll figure out some way to scan it put it on the blockchain and put it on your phone well that's actually a hope-filled prediction because i guess my last question would be klaus schwab right he and the un are chummy in fact they just fast-tracked un agenda 2030 and made it un agenda 2025 because people are waking up and people don't want to comply and these people say in the future you're going to own nothing they're out of touch. House of Rothschild, House of Rockefeller. Hillary Clinton, supported by Linda Rothschild while she was running for president. These people are out of touch. So I guess my final question is, are Klaus Schwab and these demon creatures going to get their great reset? Because that's what they want. They want us on their plantation living as serfs for the rest of human history. Or are we going to get our great awakening and return to honest money and take our nation back, Bix? Well, that's that's a question for we the people, right? What are we going to do when this shit falls apart, which is it's coming very fast? Are we going to turn to those same abusers who've screwed up our lives so far? The Fed, the Treasury, Klaus Schwab, the New World Order. Or are we going to stand up and say, hey, we have a constitution. Get everybody out of the way. It's time to rebuild. I think we're, we're going to rebuild. I think there's people within the Fed, uh, Boston, the original Road to Ruta documents. They showed a little girl cashing in gold coins at a bank. This is the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston. This is the same road to Ruta documents that, that showed this little girl searching away back to the gold standard. I mean, they scream it at us. It's just, can you figure it out? Are we smart enough to say, hey, screw this new world order crap. The reason they say you'll own nothing and like it is because 99% of what people own now is debt. Of course, you'll, you'll own no debt anymore, which would be amazing. You'll You'll have your house flat out. Now, they'll try to steal it from you. They'll say, oh, well, we have this legal document that says it's part of the seeding company at the DTCC in the mortgage-backed security. We own your house. But, hey, one or two people, you can do that. A whole population, you can't because the whole population will turn against you. And we have the information now, so we're going to turn against these criminals once the shit falls apart. From your lips to God's ears, and uh, just to put a cherry on top of that, let's just arrest them all. Let's get the U.S. Marshals to arrest these people and try them for their crimes. That would be the best day in human history, as far as I know. Our guest has been Bix Weir. Bix, thanks so much for all you do, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you, Sean. Guys, the website, roadruta.com. I'll leave a link below. Sign up, at least for those email blasts. It's worth the cost of entry, which I think for the free emails is zero. Can't beat that price. And if you want to support Bix, become a private road member. Guys, and I'll remind you every single day for free, check us out for free at sgtreport.com. Of course, that is the antidote to all of those Federal Reserve, Hillary Clinton, New World Order, Klaus Schwab lies. It's the antidote to corporate propaganda. God bless you and yours, friends. Bye-bye. It's pretty wild what's going on in space right now, Sean. And when I say space, I'm talking low Earth orbit. Over the last couple years, between Bezos and Musk and Branson all really amping up, hyping up, Hollywooding and glamoring up space mm -hmm. and trying to get everyone excited how we're going to 
have, you know, citizens are going to be taking trips to the moon and we're going to colonize Mars and, and all this, you know, space elevators and isn't this wonderful and everyone's getting on board and they're watching Musk's rockets shoot up or the Starlinks in the sky and they think it's so cool and they're applauding. That's the game. That's the distraction.